podcast listeners, welcome to a very special edition of Brain Lava, Odia's podcast for all things marketing and technology. My name is Chelsea, and I'm a project manager here at Odia, and I'm joined by another fellow project manager, Sulatia. Hi. She has so graciously agreed to join me today, and the reason this podcast is so special is because we're actually going to have a presentation that goes along with it. So if you want to see something on the screen, just click the link in the blog that you found this podcast on, and it'll take you to our YouTube channel where you can see this beautiful presentation and follow along with us. But if you don't want to follow the presentation, just listen in and it's fine too. So this podcast is going to be about SEO. So of course, everybody already knows SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. And we are going to talk about ways that you can improve the SEO of your website. And just to jump in real quick, just because a few months ago, Sue did a podcast on the basics, the very, very basics. So if you are an SEO newbie, go back a few weeks in our podcast files, find that one, and that's a really good place to start. So we're just kind of building then on the information we gave in that podcast. All right, so one of the first things that you can do to improve the SEO on your website is to have fresh content on your website. So you can add new content or post a blog. You might want to update an outdated page. You can add details to a page that's lacking in information. So that causes the search engines or those web crawlers to look at your website more frequently and... That allows you then more opportunities to rank higher for your content. So those web crawlers that I referred to, or bots, are high-tech programs, and they scan the internet for different websites, and then they index the website based on a number of algorithms. And those are determined by the search engine company, and they are kept secret. So we just have to kind of use our best guess as to what those crawlers are looking for. But the more frequently that you update the content on your website, the more frequently the web crawlers will go through your website, and the more frequently you have opportunity to rank higher in the search engine rankings. You can also have more keywords. When you add new content, you can add new keywords to your website, which again gives you more opportunity to rank higher when somebody is searching for something that's on your website. Something else you can do to help your SEO is tagging on your website. So this mostly includes images and you describe those images for people who are unable to see them. And because those web crawlers we talked about previously can't see the images, The alternative text that you use on your website to describe an image helps the crawler know what the picture is. And it's also an extra chance to add your keyword into the website. So make sure that you're thinking about using those keywords when you are using alternative text for your images. And we just got done talking about how much keywords help to increase your search engine optimization or your SEO, and you need to research those keywords. So you need to find out what words your customer is using to search for your business, and you need to use those keywords in different places 
on a web page. So in the title of the page, in the URL, and then again throughout the page content and in your meta tags and in your images alt text. We use Moz for keyword research. It tells us the monthly volume, it tells us the difficulty, it tells us the organic click-through rate, and it tells us the priority. You should also only optimize one page for one keyword. If you optimize more than one page for the same keyword, then you're competing against yourself or your own website to rank high in the search engine results page. Hmm, I did not know that. So another thing that will help out with your SEO is your site speed. And we've all visited those websites that when you type it in, it loads like a puzzle falling into place. And when it loads slow, we get frustrated and sometimes click off of the website, which means that website's losing web visitors. So three ways to optimize your site speed are the file size, the image resolution, and the image size. So with file size, it's simply just the file size of your image. And if that file size is too large, then it takes up too much space on your server, which means a slow loading time. So to help that, a good tip is always compress your images. And you can do that easily on programs like Photoshop. You maintain the quality of the image, but it still reduces that file size. And if you're new to that, Photoshop has a super easy walkthrough on their page that tells you exactly how to do it, or you could always YouTube it. Another thing that affects your site speed is image resolution. And image resolution is the amount of dots or pixels your image has. So the higher the resolution, the more pixels, the crisper, more vivid your image is. And 300 dpi, which is dots per inch or more, are considered high resolution images. 300 dpi or less are considered low res. In our experience, low resolution images are best when loading to a website, but there's always going to be that one picture that you want to look just a little more crisp than the others, so this is where your best judgment comes into play. The last tip for optimizing site speed is image size, and this is really just a good balance of the first two, your file size and your image resolution because your image size really depends on the design of your website. So if you've got a decent file size and an appropriate image resolution, your image is gonna look great no matter the size. So just make sure you have a good balance of those first two and image size should be perfect. All right, something else that you can do to help your SEO is the time on site. This is also called dwell time. So it's the length of time a person spends looking at a web page after they've clicked a link on a search engine result page, but before they go back to the search engine results. So it isn't the same thing as a bounce rate. The bounce rate is when somebody views a page on your website and then leaves your website. And you can improve it by improving your overall user experience and making sure that the content that you have on your website is useful for your users. And Google considers well time or time on site as a ranking signal. Bounce rate is something else that you can look at to help increase your SEO. It has an indirect relationship with your rankings. So the algorithm's user engagement is a validation of a good website. So because 
somebody would come to your website and look at more than one page, not just look at one page and then bounce off your website or click out of your website. The lower bounce rate for Google is an indicator of success, that you have a good website that has good information. So it might not be a guarantee that you're going to move up in the search engine results page, but it helps. All right, next we'd like to talk about how you actually research a keyword. So for keyword research, you do that to help you find the words that your target audience uses to search for you. And we can use a keyword or a key phrase, which means that the keyword can be more than one word. For example, marketing might be a keyword, but bold marketing or content marketing would be a key phrase. We also can use long tail keywords. And so those are for a longer and more specific search term. And usually they have a lower search volume. They're searched by fewer people, but they have a higher conversion rate or a higher click-through rate because the person that's searching for that term knows exactly what website or product he or she wants, so they're going to be more apt to click on your link. So for the first step of keyword research, you need to decide what your mission is, what's special about your product or service, and think about the keywords that focus on what makes your product or service stand out. You also need to think about how you can provide good content for your client or customer and fulfill what the person is searching for. Step two of keyword research is to make a list. So you have your list of keywords, the search term people are using to find you, and then you need to think about some ideas for those long tail keywords. So what are people using for search terms when they look for a product or business like yours? You can find ideas for long tail keywords if you start typing in one of your keywords into Google and see what other suggestions come up. Moz gives you other suggestions for long tail keywords. Sometimes we also use a website called answerthepublic.com. They give you ideas for long tail keywords. You need to make sure that those terms that you found though correlate with your website. Make sure that is the search term people are using to find you. The third step of keyword research is to learn more about your keywords. So you need to learn about the monthly search volume, how many people are searching that keyword for the month, the difficulty, how hard is it going to be for you to get on the first page of search engine results, and the organic CTR or the click-through rate, how many people usually click through to a website from that keyword, and the priority which is a combination of all of those components and you find a number that tells you whether or not that should be a high priority keyword for you. So we use Moz when we do our keyword research and that's a subscription. You can get it free for the first 30 days and then after that it's a subscription that you need to pay for. So I did an example keyword research on their using the Moz Keyword Explorer. So the term I looked for was marketing. And as you can see here, they tell you the monthly value, how many people are searching it each month. They tell you the difficulty. So zero would be very easy to rank for and 100 is difficult to rank for compared to your competitors. So you can see this one's pretty much in the middle the organic CTR click-through rate, 
is an estimate of the percentage of click-through rates that people click through on the search engine results page. And you need to remember that when there are ads on that page at the top, that score can be lower. And then the priority is zero is low, a low score, and 100 is a high score. And it combines all of those metrics. So a higher priority number tells the sweet spot of the higher volume, organic CTR, and then a lower difficulty rate. Here is an example of searching for content marketing. So if you notice, as the keyword becomes longer, the monthly search volume becomes a little bit less. And then you can also see the difficulty and the organic CTR and the priority. And also you can see the keyword suggestions. So you can find long tail keywords that Moz will suggest for you to use. And then you also see the top three pages that rank for that keyword. And then I also did a long tail keyword research and did contact marketing agency. Again, you can see how the monthly volume has dropped, but the organic CTR has increased because it is a long tail keyword. So after you have looked at your keywords all on Moz and recorded all of those monthly search volume, organic CTR, priority, once you've gotten all that together, you need to create a table with all of your information and then you need to rank what keywords that you should try to use in your website. And then you need to start creating content. So your goal is to create a landing page or an internal website page, a blog post, or a news article for each of those search terms. Remember that this won't happen immediately. It's a long-term plan. So it's a marathon, not a sprint, just like marketing. Okay, so one way that we optimize our web page to rank higher on the search engine results page is by really paying attention to our blog posts. And this is where Yoast SEO comes in. So on this first slide, you see right here, the little box where it says publish, what we're really focusing on there is the readability is good and you see the SEO is also good. We've got two little green check marks right there. The next slide is just an overview of one of our blogs. And with that, this is on the end, back end of WordPress. So you can't see the whole blog, but for this one, we've got an opening paragraph and then about 16 of these subheadings in red. And each of these red subheadings are linked to their external website, which we'll talk about in just a minute. So for readability analysis, once you scroll down past that blog portion, you'll find a drop-down box like the one you see on the slide that's called your readability analysis. And this simply lets you know how easy or difficult your blog is to read. And this is helpful to know because a blog that's easy to read and understand is more than likely going to get more hits than a blog that's difficult. And we know that more people spending time on your website to read a blog is a good thing. So we won't go through every result we got, but you can see that we have the majority of green lights under the readability analysis. We do have one red light, but that's okay. Yoast doesn't expect you to be able to check off every single one. So as long as you get the majority of them green and give them what they're looking for, they'll usually give you that green light. Um, readability analysis is really straightforward. It's just telling us we've used enough active voice throughout the blog. We've got variation in our sentences, so they're not all starting the same way. We've got plenty of subheadings, so we're good to go there. And then 
Our paragraphs are the appropriate length. They're not too short, not too long, and our sentences are also of good length too. So we've got the green light on readability. Readability is just kind of a trial and error thing the first few times you do it. Literally just get in the back end of WordPress and see what it's telling me to work on and then I play around with it. So the next slide, you'll see the drop down right under readability analysis is called focus keyframes. This is what's going to give you the green light on your SEO. So the first thing listed under this drop down is the actual focus key phrase you're going to use. This is where that keyword research that Sue was talking about really comes in handy. So it's helpful to know your keyword or your key phrase beforehand. Once you've got your key phrase, you're ready to move on to the analysis results below. Just like in this blog, we've got one red light result, but that's okay. Here it's just telling us to use that key phrase in our subheadings, but because this is a list and we've got about 16 subheadings, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to use our key phrase, favorite spots to get smart, in all 16 of those subheadings. So we'll just take our one red light, but we've still got a green light overall, so that's good. The others are pretty self-explanatory. We've got each of our subheadings linked to their website, so we've got plenty of outbound links throughout the blog or internal links. You can't see our conclusion here, but on the blog overview, we've got something at the bottom that says something like, to check out more of our blogs or podcasts, visit here, and it's linked to our insights page on our website. So we've also got those internal links covered as well, which also helps give you that green line. So that's just a little bit about how we focus on optimizing our website for SEO. If you've got any ways that you do it on your website, or if you've got any questions, we're always happy to answer those. Huge, huge thank you to Sue for explaining all this fun information to us. Thank um, you for having me. I learn something every single time she does this with me. So check out our other blogs, our other podcasts, at our website, www.teamodia.com. You can always shoot us an email at hello at teamodia.com if you've got questions or just comments. And thank you for listening. Thank you.